Dr. Battaglia, call extension 198, Dr. Battaglia, extension 198, paging Dr. Battaglia, call extension 198, Dr. Battaglia, extension 198. Hi, this is Janet from Dr. Ayer's office calling to get a prior approval for Nexium on a patient. Please hold, I'll transfer you. Ask the patient ever tried Omeprazole. Hi, this is Janet from Dr. Ayer's office, calling to get a prior approval for a cardiac stress test for a patient. Yes, they're having chest pain, dizziness, shortness of breath, and a family history of heart disease. Please hold. I'll transfer you. Approval has been denied. We need to do a EKG first, then a 24-hour call and monitor, pending the results from both tests. We can resubmit for approval. Hi, this is Janet from Dr. Ayer's office, calling to get prior approval for a CT scan of the brain. Patient has sudden onset of massive headaches, vision loss, and confusion. Please hold. I'll transfer you. Claim is denied until our investigation is completed. Hi, this is Janet from Dr. Ayer's office, and I was calling to get a prior approval for Lamictal on a patient. They have a long-standing history of seizures from epilepsy caused by head trauma. Please hold. I'll transfer you. We are going to need a list of every seizure medication tried what the results were, and the dates of each. Lamictrol is not on the preferred medication list. Room 3, Well Baby Visit, with 5 vaccines. Mrs. Smith, are you aware of what vaccinations we're going to be giving today? Yes, I'm aware. Here are the vaccine information sheets. Now, do you understand the potential side effects and what may occur? I do. And do you give your consent? I give consent, yes. Mom, I'm gonna need you to hold her legs down just above the knees for me, okay? Room 5 female patient, in for a cold. I mostly have a runny nose, sore throat, <coughs> and sneezing. I see. I need you to take off your underwear and sit on the table for me. I'm going to need to examine your vagina. Uh, Nurse Janet, when I'm done here, I need you to run these samples to the lab stat. Room 2, baseball-sized cyst on patient's back. Uh, I wouldn't stand right there, doctor. Those things are pressurized. I think I know what I'm doing, <laughs> nurse. Okay, doctor, whatever you feel is best. Just going to make a small incision and... Oh, oh, oh it went in my mouth! And it's sizzling on the light. Oh, God! Room 5, Adult Well Visit, Medications Review. Mr. Taylor, we need to review your list of medications, okay? Uh, I, I don't know what they are. One's yellow and about yay big. 
One's kind of pinkish and kind of oval, and one is blue and looks kind of like a cat treat. Do you know what these are for? <laughs> I don't know. The doctors just give them to me and I just take them. Room 7, Depression Treatment, Side Effects Can you tell me what's going on today? I was standing over my husband with a butcher knife. I, I don't know, I just woke up standing there. I was going to stab him. Have you had these thoughts before? Has anything changed situationally? Can you tell me when it started? Right after I started this medication. You're currently taking 30 milligrams of my coxaflopin daily. I'm going to up that to 60 milligrams. Room 9. Blood sugar levels. Can you tell me what you eat for meals? Why does that matter? I'm on medication to control it, and it's not working. Diet is very important. What do you eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Let's see. Uh, toaster waffles with butter and syrup, orange juice, sometimes a donut or two. Chocolate with icing. Lunch is usually a sandwich on white bread with lunch meat and those Velveeta slices. I love those things. And some mayonnaise, a big bag of chips, two Diet Cokes, and some Little Debbies. Dinner, I eat TV dinners or frozen pizza and some beers. I'm too tired to do much else. Have any of your doctors ever talked to you about changing your eating habits? No, ma'am, other than eating smaller portions. Surgery suite. Circumcision of one week old. Oh my god! My baby! What are you doing to my baby? Nurse, have the mother calm down or I'm going to have her escorted out. Surgical ward. Patient consent. I know the surgery isn't scheduled. There isn't even a slotted time on the schedule for this procedure. Nurse! I'm in a hurry, and I don't give a damn about the schedule right we now. We still need to get the patient to sign the consent Ugh, forms. Just get him afterward. Room 12, patient IV. Uh, I don't understand why this IV isn't working. Oh my god, the tubing is still clamped. Who set this up? I don't know, there were two nurses in here before me. Doctor's office, migraine treatment. According to the patient's chart, they have a history of high blood pressure and heart disease. This medication cannot be used on the patient due to the contraindications. Give it to them anyway. I most certainly will not. The manufacturer's warnings clearly state... If you'd like to keep your job, I suggest you follow my orders. Nurse's office. Nurse Janet, this is an official write-up for refusing doctor's orders on March 21st regarding a migraine treatment. Fuck's sake. Oh, fuck's sake. Of course, it makes perfect sense for a sneeze and a cold. You get your vagina surprise, checked. Surprise, surprise. 
happy fucker. Swelling of the legs from fluid overload. Janet, you need to go back to school to learn how to grade edema. Oh, really? Read! Well, I went to school in the Philippines, and this is not how we learned it. Staff lunchroom, Pfizer representatives. Don't be shy. Help yourself to seconds. We made sure Olive Garden knew they were feeding heroes. To recap, unlike Crestor, Vitorian, and Zetia, Liptor has been FDA approved to reduce the risk of heart attack and stroke while lowering bad cholesterol 39 to 60% when diet and exercise isn't enough. Room 11, Dysuria Painful and Difficult Urination. Doctor, do you want to catheterize the patient since the urologist can't get them in for a few days? I'm not willing to do that because I've never done one before. I can do it for you. Where are the catheter kits? What's a catheter kit? Receptionist desk. Hey, Janet. Free Starbucks and candy. Who brought these in for us? The diabetes reps. Yes, Mrs. Jones, that one does cause constipation. I'm not sure why the pharmacist didn't tell you. Yes, ma'am. I'm not sure why the doctor didn't tell you either. Hi, Mrs. Miller. We got your CT scan results back. The doctor wants you to come in to talk to him. I have cancer, don't I? We can't afford the treatment. We don't have any insurance. I can't be a burden on my family. Hello. We have a patient for emergency admit. Yes. Suicidal. Yes. They have a plan. Yes. Also homicidal ideation. What do you mean you don't have anything? What am I supposed to do for them? Yes, very serious. No. Oh, I can't let them go. What? Five days is too long to wait. I need you to find a room now. Janet, I need you to show Mr. Johnson how to do a catheter Janet, in room two. Janet, I need you to debreed the cellulitis wound in room four. If you'd like to keep your job, I suggest you follow my order. Janet, did you get those vaginal samples to the lab? Hey, Janet, free Starbucks and candy. Janet, you need to go back to school to learn. Janet. Janet. Janet! 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 All right. Well, this is uh, episode officially episode three of True Theater Radio. Thank you, everybody, for coming and listening. Uh, it's exciting. We are here with uh, Deplorable Janet from Deplorable Nation. Uh, she is hey, the. Hey, Janet. She yes. Hey, Janet. Hey, hey. <laughs> and she is the main star of our current uh, episode that you've heard at the beginning of this one. And you'll be hearing the, uh, the uh, epilogue of it or, uh, before this episode. And the 
um, the rest of it. So we have, we'll be talking with Janet and getting a little bit of the background and what she has in regards to the health industry, because that's a super hot topic. Maybe it's so hot, everybody's kind of tired of it a little bit, but we have, she has a little bit more insider information before all the, all the world went crazy. And so we have a little bit more of an idea of that. So, uh, Janet, why don't you just tell us a little bit about, uh, uh, and just to give you a little bit of idea, we, we kind of try to stick with the whole hour three concept. If people don't really know who you are, they they got hours of stuff they can go and actually listen to um, listen to what all you're all about. Uh, and uh, we just want to hear a little bit more along the lines of uh, yeah, kind of more right now. Go ahead. Josh. Yeah. So I, I think it's I think it's kind of a good idea to all because I. It seems like at the end of every podcast I listen to, they're like, oh, okay, and go tell people where to find us. You should just tell me where to find you now. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, okay, just tell me where to find you now, and then we can get into it. Because when once they get through about halfway through the episode, they're going to be like, I got to find out who this woman is. And she already, they already, she already told us. So it's like which, they can which, kind of look you up. As which all your which talk. which all your credentials are actually going to be on our is actually going to be on our website anyways. So if they go on our webpage and they see this episode, it's going to be like, oh, well, this is where I can find her. Just click on that, and they'll be able to listen to all your stuff. So why don't you just tell us where we can where they can find you, and we'll okay. go from there. Well, <clears throat> if you want to stalk me, you can find me at my house. No, I'm just kidding. Don't come over. <laughs> Unless I ask you to. Um, I am on every podcast platform, plus Alt Media United and Actual Activists, with an S on the end, dot com, as well as you can find me on Roku TV, exclusive video on Roku TV of every episode, and that is on the Patriot Podcast Network. Yeah. There you go. Podcast. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So, so I want to know, like, so I, I just wanted to say, like, um, for those of you who just listened to the audio drama, uh, allegedly, according to Janet, everything you heard is a true story. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. That's why this was a really fun and and also written by you, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. So it's like it was a very fun thing to put together and kind of a so if somebody's listening to it, they think it just sounds like a bun- might be a bunch of nonsense, but it's it's not. This is no, nope. this That's is what you life. live through. <laughs> and actually, I'm staying with a girl right now who is a uh, she uh, is a I forget the word, term for it. She's a surgeon scrub. Like mm-hmm. she, I think that's what she called it. Like she, yeah, she's a surgical tech, so she mm-hmm. works with the surgeons. Mm-hmm. And I actually played the radio drama for her. And right at the beginning, when you're talking to the on the phone with the people with the medications, and she's like denied. She said it before she even heard denied, <laughs> and she's like, oh, denied. And I was mm-hmm. like, so she knew exactly what was going on. She's like, yeah, he's denied. She's he's denied, denied. And it's like the whole time she just knew exactly what was going- like as she was listening to it. She's like, yeah, this is exactly how it is. A hundred percent. And and we would laugh because um, there were days like where certain insurance providers, especially the largest one that may start with a B, 
Um, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Um, but we would yeah. have we would have days that we would say, okay, well, this is their dump day, and so um, every claim you submitted, you know, for services was denied. Every medication, every procedure, literally everything. Uh, it didn't matter what it was, whether it was an appeal or whatever. It was always denied on, on certain days. And it was like, oh, it's their dump day, you know. And so it got to be a running joke. But it is it is so difficult and it's so time consuming because even though, um, like in the drama, it doesn't do it much credence. But you could literally spend two hours on the phone just for one thing, trying to get one thing accomplished. No, oh, it, like, let me transfer is, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm. I want to know. Like, is this is this just strictly because? Because, like, I'm ex-military, and I had a lot of things that happened in the military were were mostly just paperwork. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even necessarily like because people had ill intention. Mm -hmm. It could just be the entire system is set up to where it, they have to go through step after step after step in right. order to get to finally what somebody needs and so mm -hmm. i'm like do you think that like because basically what you said on your like in like in your your story is is this i'm sure that there are some asshole doctors who are extremely cocky and very <laughs> a very lot arrogant yeah yeah and so and i actually said this because i've been to the va a few times and i said and I talked to the nurse, and they're like, "Oh, let me get the doctor." I was like, "No, I want to talk to you." Mm -hmm. And she's like, "The doctor, nurse will be like, why?" I was like, "Because you know more than the doctor does." 100%. And they'll laugh, and I'm like, "And I'm like, no, I'm dead serious. I've dealt with this enough mm -hmm. to know that the nurse knows more than the doctor." <laughs> they used and to so call me Doctor Janet all the time because, <laughs> yeah. um, like, especially phone calls or you know whatever patients would call and ask for me just because they knew that I would tell them exactly right. you know what was going on or whatever or you know what i thought something was and and they're like N or tell me things that they sure shit wouldn't tell the doctor we had that happen right. a lot because <laughs> yeah, that yeah because i've listened to your show enough times mm -hmm. i'm like i'm like this girl knows what she's talking about and like you'll just mm -hmm. spout off stuff and i'm like i've never heard a doctor talk like this before mm -hmm. this is like she knows what's up so, yeah. yeah and I, I you know it's fun because um i'm not one of those meek people and so somebody asked me the other day, they're like, well, did you run into a lot of doctors that were difficult to deal with? And I'm like, all the time. But if you don't speak up, they know they can run over you. And so they'll do it continually. So I was one of those people, as soon as somebody would get out of line, I'd be like, snap my fingers at them. I'd be like, nope, come on in your office. You and I are going to have a chat. We don't do this in front of patients. We don't, we don't do this in front of other employees. I'm like, you need to adult more. So, hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of curious when you were, when you were actually listening to it for the first time, were you having a little bit of a PTSD moment <laughs> thinking about, you oh, thank what? God I'm not doing that anymore. It's so funny because <laughs> um, like when we were working on this show, there are so many things that happen and so many stories. And I'm like, oh my God, like, how do I narrow this down? Because I could literally write a book about stuff and things don't bother me so much um, anymore because, you know, I've been away from it for 
for a hot minute there. But uh, yeah, there are some there are some times where, like, especially on movies or shows or something, I'll see something come up and I'll be like, oh, I remember that time. Grr. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to the actual uh it seems like doctors almost have this this sense of uh invincibility to them mm-hmm. uh, being inside that industry how much how much accountability is there to doctors next to being sued by a patient Oh, I have worked for multiple where they have actually had their butt off because of just ridiculous mistakes um that they make and you know one of them was kind of talked about in the episode um dealing with the medication issue but it's like small things like you can't give patients certain things that are contraindicated for the conditions that they have and stuff so it was pretty commonplace to see lawsuits flying around so yeah and they do they they have this uh it's like they think they have a cloak of invincibility right uh but that's not the case because especially with educated patients um and educated family members it's really hard for them to get away with stuff now that that is a mistake uh, can you just define what contraindications mean? I mean, I kind of got an idea mm-hmm. of it when I was, and I I did look it up, but I just wanted for anybody who actually hears it, it'd be uh, it'd be beneficial to have an actual mm-hmm. somewhat of a summary definition of it, what that it is. It basically boils down to um, you have a condition, uh, an ailment, an illness, uh, infection, something like that, where you cannot be prescribed certain medications, certain treatments. Um, so it's like counterthetical to your treatment plan. It, it goes against, you know, like you can't have, um, like in the episode, you can't have a migraine medication if you have underlying heart conditions or high blood pressure or multiple other, you know, things. So, okay, yeah. All right. And so, um, at what uh, what year did you actually end up leaving nursing? A pro, a give or take. Mm, I think it's been about seven years now. Uh, se- about seven okay. years ago, and you know. So pre <clears throat> pre sniffles nineteen. Yeah, and I'm really glad for that because um, I was around during the SARS pandemic, the MERS pandemic. Um, every, you know. <clears throat> Did they thing. call those a pandemic? I'm just, I don't, I, I remember no. SARS, and I, but I didn't know if they yeah. called it. I, yeah, I'm just no, curious it was if... an epidemic, um, you know, Ebola, all that kind of stuff. And so, you oh, know, I remember Ebola. SARS and MERS are, are actually worse than than the C word, <laughs> than the beer name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and... Actually, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm actually going to ask this gentleman because I'm like something I don't know if we've really talked about, but how much are we editing or uh, censoring ourselves? Because we're not really on YouTube. I'm not sent. I'm not censoring yeah. myself. Yeah, COVID nineteen. But I just, vaccines, I just so like, I'm not playing I just like this game. I just so like, yeah. I know it's funny. I just like say, I just like saying sniffles nineteen because <laughs> it's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, but because uh, it's it's so demeaning to what sniffles, it is. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I just think it's I hilarious. Just, I just want to make sure that we're we're clear that like you don't have to censor anything. Oh, good. You know, we could talk about the freaking <laughs> Jews if you want to. It doesn't matter. 
<laughs> you know, it's just like, and I and I say this because I have a lot of Jewish friends. So it's like they would think I was hilarious, but it's like, but it's like we talk about whatever you want. So it's like let's let's just so just let it go. It's always a bonus not yeah, to have about, to no. skirt around things and say, well, yeah. people got the cookie. We don't want to do that. Yeah, you know, the yeah. lollipop or you know mm. whatever. Yeah, I, I joke. I joked around that eventually we'd just be sending our podcast out on CDs <laughs> in the mail, and, and it would just be like, you know, I don't have to censor hey, a CD. No return so. policy like Netflix, okay? Yeah, no, yeah. not that kind of right, CD right. policy. Yeah, yeah, we won't. We won't do that. Make a copy of it and send it out. Send it out yourself. So. But like, who has a CD? Who has CD players anymore? <laughs> we joke about that right. all the time, like the tape decks in the car and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to be like Mad Max and everybody's going to be looking for CD players eventually. <laughs> They're going to shut the internet down. It's like, why didn't I save exactly. my, my iPod? <laughs> you know. Well, you know something so, that I but, would uh, really uh, enjoy doing, and I, I don't know if you guys know this about me or not, but um, I used to be an autopsy assistant. And so I That sounds super fun. We have to oh hear stories about that, Janet. So Are cool. you Please tell so, me some dirty, I, gross stories on that. It makes me sound like a serial killer that I enjoy. Yes, like that, bring right? it, bring it. <laughs> like, yes. I love the blood and guts, and and that was my favorite thing. Nursing too is like anything bloody, gutty, and gory. That's like my thing. But mm. I would love mm. to be like the autopsy assistant now for for shit that's going on after this, you know, pandemic and and with the clots and all the stuff that they're seeing. I would just love to dig into people's like brain tissue and stuff. So, that- so you'd like to be the person that's like, this person got into a motorcycle accident. And he died of COVID. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, that that's a, that's a big thing because um, like before, um, you know, Twitter absorbed uh, the, the video stuff that was used to be called Periscope. And so I kept telling people on Periscope back in the day, I'm like, well, you know, anytime they call something an epidemic or a pandemic, they get more funding, they get more, more money. And so they're like, well, why are all these, you know, deaths being ruled uh, COVID when it was a motorcycle accident or somebody jumped off of a cliff or whatever? I'm like, for money purposes, because if they can code it as COVID, they get thousands of more dollars. So you know, so crazy. Money. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, th- those of us in the in kind of the truth community, mm-hmm. we we know this. It's like you tell this to people in the, mm-hmm. you know, the normies in the regular world. They look at you mm-hmm. blank face. They don't. Right. They don't believe any of that nonsense. And so it's like we just we kind of stick to our crew, our group. Like I'm talking to you. We know uh, we know we can talk to you about this kind of thing, right? But like we listen to it, so so we know this. But what? And I think one thing that's happened that's I mean, it's certainly happened to me is this whole nonsense. I think has brought a lot of us into a much higher spiritual plane Mm -hmm. because we can can see the not the the clown show now it's like it's Mm -hmm. so obvious i mean 9 11 was kind of one of those things that kind of woke us up a little bit but it wasn't quite didn't have the same impact as what happens with okay the whole world's going nuts Mm -hmm. you know let's let's kind of get through this and now we're now we're kind of waking up and everybody's like okay now where do we go with this 
So we can sit there and laugh about it. We can, you know, poke fun at like why they're doing it. But I think that it's kind of like I've gotten to a point where I realize like the why they are doing stuff is not relevant to me anymore. Right. I think that's where we are. That's where we initially all need to get to. It's like why they're doing it doesn't matter. I don't care if they're doing it for money. I don't care if they're doing it for power. I don't care. I'm done. I don't Mm -hmm. give a shit anymore. I'm over it. Fuck it. I'm done. Now I want to talk to people like Janet. I want to talk to the, you know, people legit bad. I want to talk to, you know, everybody else who we want to eventually have make a radio show about, like, or do a radio drama about, and then, mm-hmm. you know, have create our own little ecosystem of, okay, we got it now. Let's have fun now. To hell with it. We're done. We get Agreed. it now. Because we can sit here on podcasts every freaking day. Like I said, this is like hour three. We can go through podcasts every time, talk about all the problems, every th- reasons why everybody does everything. But we're not actually getting to, okay, what are we really doing? Like, are we getting something from this? We need to, like, our spiritual self needs to get to a point where, like, we can all literally just look at this almost like we broke down the fourth wall and now we can laugh at it. It's a, mm-hmm. it's nonsense. And so that's why I love listening to you on your shows because yes, you talk about a lot of serious issues, but then you'll also talk about how you shit your pants on the freaking. Exactly. And it's fucking great. You know, it's like this. Anytime is, this is I'm and Jen and Ben, that always happens to come back around to poop. I'm telling you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're so great. Right. They're just hilarious. I love them. One of them, I think we sh- actually should have called it the poop episode because it was all about poop. <laughs> <laughs> so doing autopsies, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because that, that kind of sparked my interest a little bit. Um, how much, uh, How I mean, we most of the time when we look at people doing autopsies, we get everything, all of our information usually comes from mm-hmm. Hollywood. It's like they crack the guy open and all of a sudden they see some speck of everything and they, you know, solve a case or right. something like that. How, how realistic is it when you're doing autopsies that you, you're able to really pinpoint it? Or is it more of like kind of like a in the ballpark of what actually happened to somebody and how much of it, uh, I guess I could even ask, you know, what's the craziest scenario you've had where you're like, oh my God, he's got us, you know. He's, they inserted an axe inside of his body chest, before, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. I don't know. Something. Yeah, so I, we, I want to know. Like, it's the craziest. I, I just want to like, like Janet, are you like, are you like the real agent Scully from the X-Files? <laughs> I, I am because you know what? Um, like my favorite show on the planet is forensic files. So if that tells you anything, you know, being um, working. Oh, I love that show. That's awesome. And, and it is kind of. Sort of true to life because you you do cut open their chest, you crack open their ribs, you cut their you know skull off, you peel their face down, you know. Um, so you get to you have to cut sections of like you know the the brain matter or all of the organs. You have to weigh them and you know size them in the whole nine yards and cut sections out of them. And that's where you find if there's, you know, uh, cancers or um, other things like poisons that would change the cellular structure and stuff like that. The, I will tell you the grossest um, thing that I ever had to do 
was uh, a burnt body. Um, you never, ever forget the smell of burnt flesh. I swear it was stuck in my nose for like three months. Oh, so um, it didn't take me long after doing that to learn that if you kept a jar of Vicks with you and put Vicks inside your nostrils before you cut somebody open, that that was a smart idea. Um, because I've had people that, you know, were assisting that like cut the bowel. And that is, um, again, back to poop. Um, that is the <laughs> worst smell on the planet is that just like festering, decaying, rotting turd burglar in there. It's it's gross. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, because that's I. I'm sure it takes a certain type of person not only to be able to do that kind of, I mean, forget the fa forget about the fact that it's a, a human mm -hmm. body, just dealing with anything along the lines of it being, you know, anything that's gross or having very pungent smells. Some people can't even be no. you know, within a block's radius of yeah. anything and what before they're wanting to, you know, throw up on their shoes. We have a lot of people and, uh, throw up, uh, throw up or pass out. Yeah. People, there were people that, yeah. you know, we were training to help us in there that, that couldn't hack. But same thing, you know, with nursing is, uh, you know, especially teaching the doctors and stuff. And I remember um, one time we were doing a toenail removal with this very <clears throat> conceited student doctor. And I, I told him, I'm like, do you have a fear of needles? And he's like, no. And I said, okay, good. I said, you, hopefully you'll be able to get through this procedure, right? So you have to I'm already picturing the, a needle go into a nail. Am I? That's uh, what I'm, Not in the nail, uh, but it, usually, usually it's in the big toe, right? And so um, they would give you a block. Um, and so what they would do, they would take lidocaine in, in a needle with a very large gauge needle. Um, and they would stick it like between your big toe and the toe next to it. Um, and then you'd also get one, you know, in the bottom of your toe and whatnot. And just seeing people get that shot, because it hurts like a mother, you know what? Yeah. And yeah. so just seeing people get that shot, this doctor went, poof, you know, like timber. <laughs> and I was like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. It, I keep getting that image. Have you ever seen, uh, it was one of his, probably one of his worst movies but uh the the i think it was leslie nielsen movie uh dracula dead and loving mm -mm. it and mel brooks actually plays the oh so this is old old he's, this he's, is like 70s uh, well no it's no this is actually this is actually i think like mid-90s really? actually it was yeah it was dracula dead and loving it. leslie nielsen was the vampire was dracula <laughs> but um they Mel Brooks was like a guest star in it as like the as I he was Van Helsing now that I remember it he was Van Helsing and he was teaching other other doctors to do uh, autopsies <clears throat> and in one of these you know obviously uh, spoof slapstick scenes M Van Helsing Mel Brooks his entire goal was to make every single doctor 
faint on their ass. And so he's just making it more gross and ridiculous and just I ripping the guy's guts out. Movie. How have I never seen this movie? Now I know what, what I'm going to watch tonight. I'm watching uh, that movie tonight. That sounds ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah, Dra- yeah, look up Dracula just for that one scene. You should watch just for that uh, one scene doing the autopsy. I would love that, It's though. like he starts off with like, Hmm. He's like cracking the guy's skull open. The one guy faints, and then the guy's like, "Oh well, let's just see what we got here." And he rips open his cage and starts ripping his guts That's out and blood going everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you gotta see it. It's 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 freaking hilarious. It's like right at the end, he's like, "Still got it." <laughs> <laughs> After they're all on the ground. <laughs> okay, that now I know is, what I'm watching. This sounds so ridiculous. That is absolutely yeah. excellent because you have no idea how many times during my career that I thought about that. Like, what can I do to gross somebody out the most today? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because uh, because listen listening to your show, like you, a lot of the guests that you've had on, I've listened to a lot of things, and and you'll talk about some some pretty intense shit and i'm like i'm like who is this freaking woman like she like she's seen things that i i'm like i've been to war and i don't want to see the shit she's seen i don't want to see that stuff that's how you know um like in nursing school that's how you know who is and who is not going to make it like literally within the first couple of days um especially when they start clinical rotation because they're like, oh god, I have to deal with poop. Oh no, I'm not. Yeah, I can't. You, I can't do that. I can't bandage a wound. I don't want to see blood. Well, what do you think well, you're doing? Why don't they just do stuff? Why don't they just do that stuff right off the bat? It's like day one of nursing yeah. school. Got to do all that important Bring book to work do some first. Nasty ass shit. Yeah, it's like just go in there. I mean, it'd be a really. It, it would weed out a lot 100%. of people wasting their time if you just brought them in there to do something that was just really off the wall gnarly well you know most people just um like like i always got stuck with the cadavers all the all the dead bodies um because nobody else in my class when i was going through school could could stand to be around a dead body and i'm like why they're dead they're not gonna bother you Mm -hmm. you know and but some people like it just freaked them out so bad and i'm like you're really in the wrong profession then because you're gonna have a lot of people die and you just gotta get used to it and then you gotta clean up their bodies afterwards so you could present them to their family yeah because it 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 actually it it, it's not even really Mm -hmm. the same but it has a lot of similarities where uh, i did apartment maintenance for Mm -hmm. like 10 years and everybody, when you hear them say do a par maintenance, you think you're fixing people's garbage disposals or their dishwashers and stuff. I have had to deal with some of the nastiest mm-hmm. shit that most people would not be able to even come close to even being in that area, much less having to actually get mm-hmm. their hands dirty. I can in only it. imagine and, some of the things you sell. <laughs> people are, gr- pe- yeah, people are. You gross. know who's people are gross. What, and they're you freaky. know who's the grossest? <laughs> Women by far are the grossest oh let me tell you i used to be oh, a bar yeah. like i been. i was a bartender for years and when you go clean the, the women's, women's bathroom, bathroom oh my mm-hmm. god it is like a mm-hmm. nightmare it's like 
it looks like a horror movie. It smells like piss and there's blood everywhere and there's it's just the worst. There's vomit. It's terrible. Oh my god. It's the fuck. It's the worst. While they were standing up air pooping over the toilet. Every time I went to the men's because when I I, my every time I go to a men's bathroom, it's like gross, there's piss everywhere and stuff. And then when I bartended, I went to women's bathroom. I was like Oh my God! There's These so pretty hair. little princesses. Yeah, no, nope. women are so nope. nasty, and that's why, um, like, we get a chuckle. Like, anytime we'll go somewhere, and and I'll be like, "Okay, I have to go to the bathroom." He'll be like, "How gross was it this time?" On a scale of one to ten, it's like, "Okay, that one was like past a ten, like nasty, like there's clots hanging yeah. on the wall." Gross. Yeah, I know it's so gross. It's so yeah, both gross. of you are going, yeah. Bleh, bleh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but that's actually what one of I've I actually had because my my youngest, uh, my six year old, I was actually one of the few because the doctors made a point of it and they they were, I was one of the few because my wife had a she had a C section mm-hmm. with him and I was one of the few dads that. Not only watched mm-hmm. it, but recorded yeah. the thing. Wait, I didn't know and she didn't, had a like, C-section. Flinch. That yeah. was a C-section, yeah, baby. A C-section. You watched this? Yeah. Oh my god! I'm getting oh, yeah, freaking right. Jeez, man, I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I was I I'm actually one of the few people that can handle that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and it it didn't phase me at all. It was just I was just like, whoa, that's pretty interesting. I <laughs> love stuff yeah. like that. So, like um, we did so many. T- surgeries and stuff at the teaching hospital and we'd have people that come in that like you know cut their fingers off or whatever or toes off with sheet metal and stuff like that and i'm like oh yes that's like my favorite thing it's like halloween every day you know but most people are like any anything bloody gutty like they can't stand it like they want to trade me to do it because they couldn't take it i'm like that's my favorite. Yeah. Of course, I want to do it. <laughs> well, that's, I am not a serial killer. So, uh, repeat, I am not. Like this is like you're not what? And what you were cutting out there for a oh, second? Oh me? Sorry, you lose me. Oh okay. No, no I, you might have lost me. Sorry, I was I was gonna yeah, ask you what you like. You am I still cutting out? Mm-hmm. Uh, slightly. Uh, okay. Just well, do, you a, do a test test here yeah. real quick. Well, uh, I was just, okay, test. so I was just going to say to, just to veer slightly off of the guts and gore topic a little bit. Um, <laughs> I I actually heard in one of, I don't know how recent it was. I think I was just kind of scanning through some of your, some of your episodes and listening to some of them. And I don't remember who it was with, but I remember you were talking about uh, you were, you you hold to the terrain theory mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know if that's changed since I've listened to that episode, but you hold a lot more to the terrain theory than maybe germ 100%. theory. And uh, that's uh, that's starting to be one of these things that people are really starting to call mm-hmm. into question is the whole germ yeah. thing. And I just, I know for a fact, I could, again, I can tell you from my own personal experience, especially being in the apartment maintenance industry, germs never made quite that much mm-hmm. sense to me. Because I was one of the guys, I, I hate working with gloves. Right. I can't stand it. I don't care if it, what kind of gloves it is, whether it's latex, rubber, 
leather gloves, it doesn't matter. I can't, I, you know, you can't have a real good right. feel for what you're doing when you don't, when you have any kind of gloves on of any kind. And I'd change people's toilets. I'd unclog people's toilets. I'd, pu- I'd pull out wads of <laughs> he's pulling, wigs he's out of girls' showers. out of the toilet. You know. Yeah, I'm just like, and people are like, you're not going to wear gloves. I'm like, well, I'm not going to lick my fingers. If that makes you feel any better, I'll make sure I wash. Oh, them. dude, but do you remember? I, do you remember that yeah. time we were joking around in your van, and we were like, "You should, you should like after you're done fixing somebody's toilet, somebody walks in that actually is working with you, and you just like, I'm all done, and then just start licking your fingers, like actually, <laughs> yeah, I'll just like a start, mm, I'm all done here. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I, have, I thought of all kinds of twisted stuff to do to people like that, just to, just to mess with them. But, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I couldn't stand working with gloves, and it seemed like I was, I didn't get sick mm-hmm. hardly ever. Like I just, I even in general, I don't get sick very often. My whole family can get sick, and I'm right. perfectly fine. I do get sick. I'm not saying I'm some kind of, you know, you know, I have some kind of perfect immune system, but. I seem to not get sick mm-hmm. very often, and I—if there was anybody in my family that should have been sick all the time, it was me, and it never right. made sense. It's like, oh, there's germs on everything. I'm like, right. I guess, and it doesn't. But, and you know. and the thing is, um, you know, when they indoctrinate you through school, of course, it's all about the the germ theory and how everything is so contagious and there's bacteria and there's viruses and everybody's going to die from all of these things. And I'm like, actually, no, because that was developed um, by Pasteur, who was a political stooge. Um, And so that is when the terms infectious and contagious and pandemic and all of that stuff came along now how long has society actually been functioning long before that right and people it, were living in pasture where pasteurized milk comes from like with the, the word pasteurized milk yes is that where that comes from yes and so it's kind of like edison right where uh, they touted him as the, you know the father of electricity and all these theories and all this stuff um, Pasteur was the same way. None of the none of the things that he came up with were his own. He stole the research from uh, colleagues, from secretaries and stuff like that. But they propped him up because he was part of the political party, and so they put him forth as the you know be all and know all for uh, the germ theory. Which, if you think about it, how many times a day people come in contact with, quote, germs, right, on uh, any kind of surface uh, and in the grocery store, on a shopping cart, or the little keypads that you punch in your number for your pen for, you know, buying something or whatever. <laughs> you would think that people would be deathly ill all the time if that theory existed however um the only thing that makes you sick are toxins in the environment and it is because your internal environment is ill 
it is out of balance. Uh, your pH is out of balance. Your body's not in homeostasis. So it means that your natural immunity cannot fight off the toxins that you encounter on a daily basis. So it has to do with your internal environment, nothing from the external environment. Wow. So <clears throat> my my wife might get a little irritated by me asking this. Ask away. Uh, because... <laughs> She, uh, if, if anybody in the house is like, <clears throat> my throat hurts mm -hmm. a little bit, in comes a case of Lysol sometimes, no. and we start spraying no. shit. No, no, no. And I'm like, I don't think that's really that necessary. That is a, tell her that is a no-no, yeah. um, because that is actually full of chemicals and heavy detergents and things that are very toxic to the human body and the human tissues. Um, so anytime you touch something you've sprayed with Lysol, uh, and I don't know how old your kids are, uh, but say they touch it and they put it in their mouth, you're taking in toxic chemicals in your mouth because of surfaces that you touched. Because that stays on surfaces, you know, and it, it's not like it just magically disappears. That that. So, would you say there's any place for Lysol no. ever? Mm -mm. So uh, that's a bold exist. statement. Like, like yeah, I no. like hearing. I li I'm I'm very fascinated hearing people say stuff like that because it's mm -mm. like because mm -mm. we disinfect everything in this world. It's like everything. Mm -hmm. gets yeah, America, which makes you sicker. Even though we've got some gross. Yeah, we may have some gross Americans, but in as a whole, we tend to be a little bit clean mm -hmm. freaks. I would say sterilization mm -hmm. freaks to some extent, you know, even before, even before this whole thing with the, the COVID and all that stuff, it seems like everybody was always, you know, oh, this, the right. germs here touch this. Oh, this kills 99.9999999% of germs minus the one that'll get mm -hmm. you sick tomorrow, you know, but it, but either way, we were constantly cleaning mm -hmm. stuff all the time. And I've heard there. I've heard a few arguments against that that you're actually destroying yourself yes. a little bit more by trying to be yes. clean all the time. Yes, a hundred percent. Because um, that you know your body's natural immunity is going to help you fight off any toxin that you come in contact with. However, if you are constantly using things like that that are known carcinogens, cancer-causing agents, right? You're putting that inside your body and you're overwhelming your system with all the toxic chemicals uh, that come from not only like Lysol, uh, but dusting spray, uh, dishwashing liquid, things like that. And so if you buy things that are natural instead, you're not going to get those toxic carcinogenic, you know, um, elements that you do with with the chemical solvents and cleaners okay so with um with the with the world that we live in right now, like the world that we've been living in right now where a lot of people have been coming up to question mm -hmm. because i think what has happened with the powers that be with this whole COVID 19 thing mm -hmm. is people for the first time that I've ever seen normal, like the normies started mm -hmm. asking like, what the hell are you talking about? Like they started being like, this doesn't make any sense. Right. You know? And so because of that, 
even a person like me who like I use the VA hospital, which the VA has been good to me most of the time. Right. Um, so a lot of people, I think a lot of people from every podcast I've ever heard from either anybody in the medical field, they're all, they, they never ask this question. This one I'm going to ask you is if clearly Western medicine has value, a lot of value. Like I break my arm, I'm not going to go to the I'm not going to go to the holistic doctor down the street and give me acupuncture. I'm going to go to the I'm going to go to the hospital and they're going to mm-hmm. bend me up. And right. so I don't know if you might have an idea of where is the line for people that want to. Okay, because obviously, if the terrain theory is true, which I'm, I'm very apt to believe. I mean, I believe that the terrain theory is, and I don't like because the word theory clearly defines that it's not proven. Exactly. But based on the evidence that we have right now, mm-hmm. the germ theory is kind of bunk. Right. We just know that it doesn't make sense. So it makes more sense that our terrain, our physical terrain even our external terrain will affect our health. Mm -hmm. So if someone is going, if somebody feels like something's a real problem, where is the line that people should avoid the hospital or when they should, okay, it's time to go to the hospital. Do you know what I mean? Okay. That one's an easy one for me because this is how I live my life because um, coming from the medical system, I don't trust the medical system for shit. Um, so okay. if tell, I me how, need... tell me how you feel, Dan. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> Just right? being honest. Um, right, right. I will not go unless it is something that I cannot fix myself. That being said, uh, like I had back surgery done and a spinal fusion. I certainly couldn't do that myself. So, yes, that would be a necessary uh, thing. If you the one thing that concerns me anymore is with what we see coming out in reports about um, people that have been vaccinated and what their blood is like. Right. If you go in for any type of major surgery where you're going to have to give, you know, be given blood, you need to make sure that you self-donate before you ever have that procedure done. Um, Because the problem that's coming up right now is since this is a, a... gene therapy, right? And it's changing people's molecular structure, changing their DNA, um, changing what their blood cells look like and how their blood cells carry oxygen um, on a normal basis. If you are not vaccinated and you go and get blood that was given by somebody that is, that's all the more uh, opportunity for your blood to not be compatible and for you to reject that and to have a reaction to that blood. So if, you know, surgeries, definitely you need to go not elective surgeries, but actual, like your head was almost lopped off. You chopped your arm in half, something like that. That is definite, but colds, you know, Ha ha, wink, the flu, um, 
you know, allergies, anything that's small, you can always yeah. treat it yourself. And there are lots and lots of different uh, herbal remedies uh, essential oils, things like that, that you can do to take care of your problems. Yeah. I think the reason why I'm asking, like the reason, sorry to cut you off. The reason why I'm asking this is like, um, a lot of us in the truther community, mm -hmm. including myself have this kind of moment where it's like, okay, I don't trust the medical system, mm -hmm. but I don't know how to fix this at mm -hmm. all. And I'm in a lot of pain and mm -hmm. this needs to get take of, taken care of as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think when we talked, when we talked to the phone, I was, I said, I have to go to the dentist because my, my teeth, my, mm -hmm. my, one of my molars was a bad way. Mm -hmm. And the dentist, she just immediately was like, Oh, we just gotta, we just gotta pull it out. I was like, well, my arm's bothering me too. Do you need to rip my arm off? <laughs> Let's you just know? chop it off. You don't yeah, need it. You have another like, one. No. What's, what's, so I'm, my question is like, do you, have any advice to people of where the line is of like, I, I know that that's vague because where a person's health is, is different from one person to another person and mm -hmm. from everybody else. But a lot of people are, especially in our community are kind of like, we want to know there's some moments where it's like, okay, yeah, I just got in a car accident and my, sh my, my femur bone was popped out of my leg. I probably should go to the ER. Right, you know, absolutely. But a lot of people can be like really sick, and I think a lot of times people like they just immediately want to jump to the hospital, and they don't mm -hmm. really know like, okay, you could have fixed this with X, Y, or Z. Right, and that's the thing is because um, we were conditioned from a really young age, right, right to right. trust doctors, and if something's wrong, go to the doctor. Um, even if it's for the sniffles or whatever, people automatically run to the doctor's office for that. But here's the thing. We have a world of technology at our fingertips, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? There are uh, places that you can look for holistic herbal remedies to fix literally any problem that you have that doesn't require a major surgery. And so uh, whether it's a dental problem, whether it's depression, anxiety, uh, colds, allergies, anything like that, there's always remedies outside of the healthcare system and, and they're readily available to look up on the internet. Do you have, do you have any, do you have any uh, sources or like people that you would recommend for people to go to? Because like, like obviously we're, the re whole reason why my brother and I started this podcast—we're not going to win. Yeah, yeah no. we're not going to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole reason why my brother and I started this podcast was like we're we're in the camp of we're not necessarily doing this for us. We want like oh well, actually, I take that back. We are doing this for us because we want we want to know. I want to know where to go because it's like, I can't just email every freaking podcaster I've ever listened. Like I want to talk to them and like, let's figure this out. And I want other people to ask the questions that we will ask. And a lot of people say, Oh, well, you know, there's all these remedies of this. And that's like, okay, fine. Where do I go? Tell me, where do I go? Give me a website. Give me a well, person. Okay. I want to know. You know, here's a, you can get the ultimate guide to essential oils. It's a book. Hold on a minute. Let me grab it off my shelf here. Yeah, because I'm all about 
I'm all about promoting other people's work if it's good. I don't care. I don't want to make money off it. I want to know okay. the the. I want to know the information. This is the ultimate guide to essential oils, and it's from Kimberly Keniston Pond. Um, Pond is it P O N D? P O N D. And anyway, complete reference guide to the amazing healing powers of essential oils. Now, I okay, will great. tell you because I'm very big into essential oils. You want to make sure if you're going to use them, you get therapeutic grade. Um, therapeutic grade. Okay. That they are uh, high grade with no uh, impurities. They're 100% pure from uh, farm to seal. Uh, there are a couple of different companies that uh, I buy oils from, but uh, one of the, hold on just a minute, and I'll tell you what the name of the other book is. Do, 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 bear with me Great. just one second. Um, and it is a book of uh, herbal remedies for like uh plants and herbs and things like that let me see if i can find it sweet um, 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 um. okay it's yeah because i mean like, like I but think, there's I think a lot like, of people, the, like there's one um i just ordered another one and it's not here yet but um i can't remember the guy's name um, he was like one of the very first holistic doctors um, of this century and was sh was shut down and then um, miraculously died <clears throat> of suspicious causes. Oh, isn't that funny how it works? He got Epstein, huh? He um, got Clinton. He has a book. <laughs> uh, I can't. Oh, my God. I'm having total brain fart of what his name is. But there are books <laughs> that you can look up. Um and, and what you need to look up is holistic and herbal medicines. Um, there are websites that are just for that. Um, or you can buy books that can tell you, like, how to make your own uh, tinctures and, and things like that that you can use instead of turning to Western medicine pill yeah. popping. Yeah. Have you, have you heard of the, uh, like... Because I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts. Have you heard about um, uh, George Weissman's Browns Gas? Mm -mm. You haven't heard of this? Mm -mm. So, okay, so this guy named George Weissman, I'm not going to get too far into it, but he he invented a hydrogen machine that basically you breathe. And his claim, I, I, you do you listen to Crow 777 at all? Mm-mm. Okay. No. Well, there's a few, okay there's a few podcasts where it's like, um, but there's this gas, this hydrogen gas that he claims to practically heal everything because we're hydrogen deficient, right? And I would imagine like these essential oils are the kind of thing that would are bringing back into the body that in our Western culture we're so detached from nature right that realistically all these things like that we should be getting on a daily basis like we should like on like like in springtime everybody should be eating dandelions 
Hey, boomers, listen to what I'm saying. I love hey, dandelions. Stop, that is my stop, favorite. Stop cutting your dandelions, baby boomers. It's food. Stop doing it. It's medicine. Mm -hmm. Stop getting rid of your dandelions. It's the best mm -hmm. thing in the world. Yep. And and so it's stuff like that that we have lost this. We've lost this connection. Mm -hmm. And so basically what this machine does is it kind of like, okay, well, since you aren't going to do that, let's let's reset that and go ever do what you're supposed to do and get all the hydrogen from your get what you're getting from all this plant life that you should be getting naturally. And if so you were outside actually breathing the air instead of sitting on your butt in front of the TV or right. game console. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that actually brings up a question. How much, how much illness would you say uh, with your experience in the medical industry is psychosomatic? Um, that is a tricky question. However, percentage. what I'm going to say on that is uh, that people that suffer from depression or anxiety or are diagnosed with ADHD, um, that is the largest group, right? Um, and I think a lot of that is uh, situational stuff, that if you remove toxic behaviors, um, bad diets, things like that, uh, those would not be an issue, would not be a problem. And so what we're seeing is a large instance of increase in those particular populations. And so I'm going to say out of all of the people that are diagnosed with that, I would say probably 80% of those people, it's up here. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, well, just to veer off uh, again, uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, health and things like that. And uh, there are countless podcasts mm -hmm. I've heard in regards to what people have and talking about health and, you know, going right. natural. Everybody's kind of getting getting that vibe right now. And while we still have the medical industry, you know, thank God they're there in case I do lock my leg off. <laughs> right. Still really, I'm still really grateful for what it is. And, you know, we can go on and on about, you know, what health insurance is. Mm -hmm. Can't stand it. I think that's a whole money grab. Right. It's there a scam. Again. We know all that stuff. Um, what I was kind of curious, especially after doing the, the dramatized portion mm -hmm. of the show, is... How much of how much of the on the day to day basis were you seeing behind the scenes that was just shady business? Like, how often would you was that just like oh I saw something last month? Oh or no, it like it's on a daily it's basis literally kind of all the time, stuff? and it's um it's a whole host of things. Okay, it's it's people lying on documentation. It's people. Uh, stealing patients' medications. It's, you know, doctors not reading the patient's chart and prescribing things for them that, again, they should not be taking because it's contraindicated for whatever is going on with them. Um, there is what they like to call upcoding, right? So I Define also did... Upcoding, what's I, upcoding mean? Okay. I did drilling in... I did billing and coding for a really long time too. So I've seen like every aspect of the medical industry that you could possibly imagine. And so um, like say a patient comes in for an office visit, they're just different levels of office visit, you know, um, 
there's like one to five on, on visit levels. And it all depends like how much time you spend with them, how in depth the, you know, appointment is or whatever. And so upcoding is when you should be charging somebody for the very basic visit. And then you turn around and, and code it instead as like a level three or level four because it's more money. So not only can you charge more money to the insurance company, the insurance company will pay a higher rate. So that is a common procedure where they upcode for stuff or um, the price of an aspirin should be like, I don't know, 20 cents or something. But instead, um, we build the inflation in that and upcharge that medication. And now that one little tiny aspirin costs $12. So there was a uh, wrong diagnosis of patients all the time. So diagnosis coding is a big deal. Um, so there was wrong doing of that. There was wrong billing, you know, billing for things that you never did. And so there was a lot of falsification of records, falsification of charts or people like, um, like you guys have a, a buddy that you went to high school with or something and say one of you works at the hospital. So you want to access your friend's records and see what's going on with them, even though you haven't seen them since high school. That's not allowed either because that's private, protected, privileged health information that you should not have access to because you're not working on his case. And so there was a lot of things like that. There was a lot of things in the um, um, electronic medical record system having to do with medications and, and stuff like that and, and filing for medications for patients uh, that weren't actually getting medications. There's a lot of fraud that goes on. Um, a lot of undereducation of staff. And so very terrible mistakes being made. And, and think about this, right? If there really is a germ theory, <clears throat> I have seen doctors and nurses alike both do this, and it, it grosses me out. Uh, sticking somebody with a needle and then taking that needle and sticking it into the bed, into the mattress. Get out. Why? Why would they uh, do that? They don't want to get stuck. So until they have time to put the safety cap on, that's okay. what we do. Or think about this, okay? If germs really exist, you're really sick, you're in the hospital, you need an IV, so you know they they stick the IV in your arm and then they put, you know, tape over it and stuff. So before they get to that part, the nurse pulls the tape off and she sticks it on the bed rail. Or she puts it on her own arm before she sticks it on you. I'm serious. Think about these what? things. Are you so, serious? So pay attention. Like um, anytime <laughs> you go crazy. in for like a checkup or something, watch how they do blood pressure. And here's the thing. Um, I would always like whack my students on the hand for if I ever saw them doing this. When you're taking somebody's blood pressure, you cannot put your thumb on the stethoscope because it is picking up your pulse. You have to hold it like this really? with the bell 
in between your fingers. If you do this and put your finger on the bell, you're picking up your own pulse, not your patient's. Weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, actually, it actually reminds because we, uh, we, me and my wife just did this cooking competition. And I'll, I'll Which let they won. Congratulations. Nice. Congrats. I love yeah, food. Yeah. What'd you make? Um, well, it was uh, it was supposed to be a uh, kind of a mock version mm-hmm. of the show Chopped. Oh, I, love I don't know yep. if you've ever seen that. So, so yeah, they basically give you a random basket of stuff, which uh, this year happened to be uh, a whole duck. Nice. And oh. it had uh, it had like pork rinds and some kale and like mustard greens or something like that. Um, yeah, we basically made like a like an orange honey you know, pan seared duck with a pork wine crust on it. But that's, yeah, it was pretty good. And we did win. But that's beside the point I'm trying to make here. I just wanted to say we were in a competition and I really stink at the whole, you know, oh, taste the food with the spoon and then throw the spoon away. I'm almost taking my pinky and just dipping it in the stuff and licking it. Are you like, really oh, doing that? That tastes pretty good. And my, no, I'm I'm being a little know. facetious, but my wife, I was like, I would touch anything, and we're in like in this public area, and I'm like just about and to re-dip like, the spoon just to try it out, and she's like, no, and she like slaps my arm away from it, and she's like, what are you doing? She's like, you can't put that spoon back in there, and I'm like, I am not but used see, to this. That's- I'm That's used to cooking at home. Thing, though. I mean, because <laughs> think about that. If there were such thing as germs, right? And a lot of people, when they're cooking, they'll have one spoon and they'll taste something. So it's been in your mouth, which is supposed to be full of bacteria. And then they stick it right back in the food multiple times. So that would mean you're spreading all your bacteria to whoever else is eating your cooking, right? Yeah. It's the, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of nonsensical stuff about yeah. it that just that's always bugged me about the whole mm-hmm. the whole germ theory thing. Is it, it's like if it was this bad, we should have been dead. And think ago. about like one of the um, one of the dirtiest things in your house is your TV remote, okay, or your phone screen, right? Um, it's dirty for many reasons, not just germ. <laughs> Get rid of your freaking remote. Get rid of your TV. Mm. That's what Kleenexes are for. No, I'm kidding. So if you think about like how many people touch that and then uh, how many times people touch their face or their mouth or, you know, whatever, or kids are slobbering on all over their fingers and then touching their remote and they put their fingers back in their mouth. Now, wouldn't you think that everybody would be deathly ill? You'd think. You'd think. That's why it doesn't exist. Yeah. That it, and you know, that's a right. it's an amazing point right there because like there are so many things that people mm-hmm. touch on a daily basis. It's like if that was true, mm-hmm. we would all have Ebola, right? Like we would all have Ebola. We would all 100%. be dying. Which I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. Ebola terrified it, it, the it, shit out of me because it, I, it, it because terrifying. I remember doing a report on it when I was in school. About what a bullet yeah. did to you, and I'm like just thinking, is this thing like liquefies hey, you... you from the inside? And I'm like, this is sounds like something like yeah. a horror movie. I'm like, I you want to hear something Ebola, fantastic man. about that? I'll take that. COVID any day. Are you mm-hmm. ready for this? Yeah. What's that? Okay, so uh, you know how uh, like they were working on the vaccination long before this 
pandemic yeah. ever hit, right? So on the Ebola front, um, one of the things that has been hinted and whispered about is that um, on the horizon, we are going to have hemorrhagic fever, which means you literally bleed from every orifice in your body. Uh, it is yeah. a it Ugh. is akin to uh, Ebola. So if you look up the treatments um, and vaccinations uh, for hemorrhagic fever, the government already owns all of the monoclonal antibodies and all of the treatments. And they've already been working on an injection for hemorrhagic fever. It's all about patents. It's all patenting. It's all patenting nonsense. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. hundred percent. Unbelievable. But actually, this is something I kind of do want to talk because this is back to something you said way earlier. Mm -hmm. And I think it's extremely valuable because it's something I. I, Everything I say is extremely valuable. Of course it is, Janet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's something I haven't ever heard you say, and it's something I haven't heard anybody say. And I think it's, it's we need to bring it back to that because I think it's important. Because my brother asked about how many things do you think are psychosomatic, and mm-hmm. you said that had a lot of ties to illness has to do with anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. and all these other things. And I've noticed something, and this is something that I've noticed in myself since kind of waking up, you know, to mm-hmm. be coming out of a truth or it's like, I've noticed I've actually become far more of a hypochondriac, not because I'm afraid of germs, but because I become very aware of my mortality. And I'm starting to like, it's kind of like, it's the first time in my life where I've been like, Oh my God, this is so exciting. I don't want this to end. You know, it's so like, I'm like, because, because, but I was in, like, when I was in Iraq, I was like, whatever. It, it, it was just like, okay, it's just, it's just life. But now things are getting interesting. Okay. The world is getting interesting. And, and so, but when I hear about this, when you're saying like people who are depressed and people who have anxiety, mm-hmm. that causes, a lot of problems because mm-hmm. they are because it is that itself and so the mind precedes everything right and so when i'm having mo- like i've never noticed my heartbeat until 2020 mm-hmm. okay now i'm like i wake up and i'm like what is this thing in my chest that's pumping it's weird it's weird to me about it now, whereas you I didn't know, think I'm, about it before. I never thought about it. It's so strange to me. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm feeling my heartbeat. And I'm like, what if that just stops? <laughs> it's like, it's so weird. But when it'll but, stop when it's ready to stop. I, yeah. But I'm like, am I ready for it to stop? Damn it. I don't want it to stop when it's my time, you know? And so I'm saying with the anxiety thing, I was asked, oh, the reason I brought it up is like, do you think that part of the, I guess, population control could have been the majority of what has gone on with the COVID, or as my brother likes to say, sniffles 19, mm-hmm. has 
cause so much anxiety that that is actually what has caused a lot of death. If, yes. if it's like when we went, like, I remember when, what was it? SARS, like it came out or like the bird flu. Mm-hmm. Nobody cared and nobody gave a shit. Everything, everybody was fine. But when this, this thing got pumped out into the world, I don't think people died from it, as they say, but I think a lot of people did die from anxiety. They died from depression. They died from anxiety. Like they died from all kinds of different things that were coming in. It was all actually psychosomatic. Mm-hmm. Like that was the spell that was placed on the society. And so I think it's something that based on your, because I, I'm, I'm assuming that since you were in the, in, in the medical industry, you probably saw a lot of people that probably could have lived if they just changed their mindset about mm-hmm. where they were at. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so that's why I know I'm talking a lot, but I'm asking, I'm asking you because I think this is extremely important. Like how can you think people can actively change their mindset in order to make themselves healthy? Well, and here's the thing with that. There are a lot of contributing factors that we do on a daily basis in our routine, right? So how much screen time do people use? Um, You are exposing your eyes and your pineal gland to um, fake uh, ultraviolet light, right? UV light, blue light, whatever you want to call it. Um, So it is magnified that the, you know, things from our devices is magnified, right? And so what that does is change your brain, changes the uh, way that your neurons talk to each other, changes the way that you produce hormones and chemicals and things like that. And so when you're getting a ton of blue light from your screen and you're not getting sunlight, um, when you have a habit of uh, bad, bad sleeping, right? You don't get enough sleeping in and because you're well watching TV and then you go to bed too late. Um, and then you toss and turn all night because you ate a bunch of sugar during the day. So there's like a ton of different contributing factors that put our body in a state of off balance. And so what it does is produce more of those chemicals, which are going to make you sad, depressed, irritated, anxious over literally anything and everything. Or sometimes for people, it is um, situational anxiety. Like they've had um, a bad experience with a certain person or something. And so then whenever um, that kind of situation presents with someone else, they have a panic right? They have a panic attack. And it's all about the way you process those memories in your brain, because we store negative energy, negative thoughts at a cellular level in our tissue. And so if there are issues of like childhood trauma or uh, sexual assaults, things like that, um, any kind of something that's a upsetting situation for you and you don't deal with those emotions, you know, or you deal with those in a negative way that stores at a cellular level, 
which again changes your chemical makeup, um, which causes you to not sleep, causes you to have uh, frequent stomach issues, uh, you know, upset stomach, or you feel like you're going to vomit all the time, uh, frequent headaches, things like that. Um, because another factor to that too is um, people sitting in the dark, right? Yeah. Um, there's a thing that you can do to uncalcify your pineal gland. It's called dark therapy, but it's not recommended for people that are struggling with anxiety or depression because it puts them in that mood. So if you're one of those people that always sits in a dark room and you're on your phone literally all the time, or you never have any lights on in the house, or you always have all your curtains pulled or whatever, you're exposing yourself to dark therapy all the time, which is not a normal thing for us okay. because we need that balance between the sunlight and the dark, um, mm -hmm. like the moon and the sunlight to, to make our dineural clock run like it's supposed to. Right. I'm really glad you brought this up and I'm going to allow my beautiful brother, Jonah, to explain <laughs> why we are an audio only podcast based <laughs> on screening screens so please take it away jonah um we are an audio only podcast because people look at their damn yep. screens too much um we uh, one of our biggest things when we were when we would look listen to audio drama specifically was this is awesome because not mm -hmm. only can i do whatever i want while listening to right. it I'm not staring at something. I at this point in my life, I've gotten to the point to where I the only time I ever enjoy watching anything is when mm -hmm. I'm with my wife before I go to bed, because I know my body and, and exactly counter to what you just you said. Not do it right before you go to sleep. That being said, he <laughs> no, doesn't get it so because now as a truther, it's so boring to watch regular TV. It puts you to sleep. Like real life is way more. It's not that it's. It's not even that. It, it's not even that. It's not even that it's boring. It's that it's I'm in a I'm in a state where I right. know I can turn my brain off a little bit, and I'm on my way out, so I don't need to be thinking about anything necessarily mm -hmm. important. So I don't mind watching something. But that's that's neither here nor there. What really comes down to is the main thing is we are an audio only podcast right. because people are watching things too much. And if I'm during the uh, even if I'm in, in at a certain point in the day, if I have to sit and actually watch something and sit and watch it, mm -hmm. my knee starts bouncing and I have to like I need to get out of here. I almost feel like I'm being like yes, sucked into this thing and I'm being trapped. But when we're but when you're when you're just listening to something, you can you can go about you can quite literally do just about anything unless your your mm -hmm. attention is 100 percent required for what you're doing i mean you know you being the metal industry, surgeons don't <laughs> well, listen no to our you podcast can listen just don't watch somebody please. Open, you know yeah, please don't watch while you're doing surgery <laughs> yeah, oh okay, dude yeah. i did cut his leg off oh, I, mean, I didn't I mean, mean to <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I mean, that may, maybe, I don't know, maybe surgeons yeah, are, do. surgeons are listening to shit while mm -hmm. they're cutting people. <laughs> See, that's, they, that's, yeah, they, and <laughs> it's like, you got, you got exactly. freaking Leonard Skinner in the background. Rocking out in the surgery. It's <laughs> like, no, thanks. That's freaking weird. Actually, but, uh, but, I'd but, rather uh, them listen yeah, to that, are... something that gives them, that makes them happy instead of like, 
like just like complete silence that would be that would be unsettling to me it's like okay we have to do this like let them just yeah well all i have to go on is hollywood all i have to go on is hollywood wherever you see somebody in a surgery all you hear is that ominous <laughs> heart monitor in the background and everybody's like full attention scalpel. <laughs> beep beep and you're just like oh my god they could kill this guy with a flick of their wrist and you know that's how they present it but you know i guess it would be a little bit easier if you know you got the doctor's head bobbing while he's right, listening to his favorite tunes <laughs> it might not be as freaky you know Listen, right. DC Thunderstruck. Exactly. <laughs> that would make me happy yeah. anyway. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. 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 So, I mean, going to the whole listening, listening only podcast, uh, you know, going a little in a slightly different direction. I was actually curious. How did you find every, how did you find, how did you find so many people to play so many? Cause I know it was a, it was a horrible script yeah. to, to write in the sense that there were so many people in it. And I'm like, how did you yeah, find Jenny, so you many people that are willing to do this? Because <laughs> it may have only been one night. It may have only been one line, but I mean, just finding, it's like, if you ask me to find 12 people to read a line, I couldn't do it right now, but I'm kind of an introvert in my regular life. So I don't really know a lot of people. I could just be like, would you like to be in you my know what it drama? Is it would not be um, weird, you know, just from being in the podcast community for, you know, so long now. Um, like I've met so many people and that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to get right on this. As soon as you sent me the, you know, the script, I was like, I'm going to get right on this. I know a lot of people. I'm going to talk to them right now. And so I'm sending out messages the same day you sent me the script and I'm like, okay, I need you whatever. And, and then I'm like going through like assigning parts and whatever. And I'm like, would you guys want to do this? And everybody was just so amazing. You know, they're like, well, of course I will. Heck yes, I will. And I'm like, fantastic. Here's your part. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's another thing we, we brought up, but we've had brought up before. I think one of the special things about audio drama is that you find mm -hmm. a lot more people willing to do it. It's like, right. if you ask them to be in front of a camera and be like, I need no. you to read these lines yeah. and be like, hell no, I'm not doing that. But if you can just be, if you just have like, oh, you can just act a part and it's just audio, people seem to be very open to the idea, which we love. And, you know, yeah, everybody you. did a fantastic job. So everybody who's in the cast, y'all all and you know, did the wonderful, awesome with your parts, even the though they were small, thing about, they were, they were uh, great. People who do audio know. only shows, uh, that is good because sometimes people just want to sit around in their underwear and they don't want to have to see another person on camera. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly I didn't look it. My own face. And yeah. And the other thing, <laughs> neither one of you are wearing yeah, pants right now. Like, are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, typically just I wouldn't. don't pull a Jeffrey Tubin, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, well played. But uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, everybody who was in the show did a phenomenal job. Even though I know the parts were not that big, uh, but 
there were some people, specifically, there were some few people right? I was like, oh, I would love to have them back on because they just read them so well. And I was like, you know, anytime, anytime y'all want to come do this, come back and, you know, we'll get, we'll get more stuff going. But yeah, there is something special about it. And, yeah, who is you know, the guy? Who, pe- I'm sorry, I didn't also, mean to interrupt. Th- I, I specifically, uh, before I lose my thought, who was the guy that played uh, the doctor where you're like, um, like he doesn't, like, he's like, you're doing this wrong, and you're like, read it. And he's like, oh, oh that's, that's not the way I was talking. Yeah. That's oh the that's the, the Catalyst Jones. Yeah. Catalyst guy. Jones is the one he was, that he, he was read, great. He we read gotta have him back. Yeah, he read. He was two so parts good, and he did the artwork. I loved so him. Shout yeah. out! To you let him know he was awesome. Now, in all, yeah, in all honesty, I have no you idea what, what a Filipino did? accent sounds like. You know what but he if did? I could imagine one. He's like, he's that like, you want me to read more parts, and I'm like, yeah, but you kind of need to have a different voice. And he goes, okay, I'm going to watch this. He's like, I downloaded this video off of YouTube of this Philippine <laughs> And he goes, That's I how he sounds. He's like, I That's... watched that over and over and over and over wow. again until I nailed the voice. <laughs> he nailed it. It was so good. I was Jeez. like, yeah, he he's got to get so yeah, he's get he, some like that's why I'm and when he hears this, I'm like, well, and shout just, out to him because he he's nailed it. My, I was like, he's one of his this? best buddies. He is like so yeah, is incredibly great. talented. And just to give him a little bit extra props, just so everybody knows that uh, he's actually also the designer and of the cover logo. art for this episode, which I was my. Yep. And and Janet's logo, and I was just I was I was blown away by it. I was like, yeah. I couldn't have done that. That's pretty freaking sweet. And so that's actually going to be on the cover art on our website. It's actually also going to be on the uh, the download that we we're going to be having for this show. Um, and just so everyone knows, everybody, I've said in the last episode, we we uh, we're going to be having just the dramatized version of this episode. We're selling them for a dollar. It's just to help us out. Although it's and, worth um, twenty ninety nine, uh, it's going to so be there just. You go. <laughs> yes, you're getting a bargain, people. 20... Oh, yes, it is worth. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you're getting an absolute bargain for a dollar. It's <laughs> like, we're going to do know, marketing. It's twenty nine ninety nine next week, but, so you have to get it now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you have to get it now because it's only a dollar right now. But the but. But either way, that's actually it's also on the MP3 for that one, and that's going to have none of us talking in it. It's just the drama version of it, and uh, you know these these things are also they're also good tools for people. You know, if you want to see, like, instead of giving people a book about the medical industry, it's like, oh, listen to this thing. This is a true story based off an actual nurse's account, and she's actually the actress in it. So, you know, come and listen, come listen to this. Uh, but. Yeah, so we we were we we're just honored to have you guys on it. It was great. I hope um, they liked it. I hope too. you liked it. If they don't I like mean, it, I'm gonna I, slap it, them had, all because I wrote it. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I just uh, I wanted it to be fast paced, very very quick, and uh, have kind of this. Yeah, was like, like, I was actually head. writing it. I was but, actually uh, writing it. My brother's like, "That's no good." He's like, this is how we're going to... I was like, okay, fine, I'll leave it alone. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, I was actually writing it out. My brother's like, that's no good. Yeah. we got to do it this way. And I was like, whatever. Fine, pissed off. Have fun. 
Well, I just, with all the content that you gave me, I'm like, I don't even know how I can make a narrative out of it. It didn't feel like a narrative. It just felt like, it just felt like a bombardment of little in, uh, of just things that were just violating. <laughs> and that my was senses. only a little splinter so of what it could have I done just had to violate to... your senses. <laughs> oh, man. I can violate well, you again later. Okay. Maybe you can have oh, a part yeah. two of... Talk dirty to me, Ted. Talk dirty to me. Well, we can have a we can have a part two of anything that's along those lines, and maybe we'll have something that's maybe we'll have something that's more of along the maybe something that's more of a comedy based thing where you can just really put some of your <laughs> I got a lot of really those. wild out there stories. That... <laughs> Graphic gross content oh, yeah. coming. So, oh, so uh, like when like I remember when you sent me yeah. The script, and you talked to me about the uh, pressurized cyst. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I was really fucking grossed out by it. I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to put this in a radio drama. It's like, this is foul. So you it's don't. <laughs> so I'm taking it. You don't watch Doctor Pimple Popper, then, huh? No, I do not. No. I love it. It's, it's again anything <laughs> gross and cr- creepy and oozy and whatever. I oh, it's love so it. gross. It's, it's so gross. The only oh, thing I don't. Yeah. The only thing I don't like. There was two things I hated, and that was um, shaving uh, calluses off of people's feet. I don't like feet. I do not like feet at all. Yeah, Mm-mm. feet are pretty gross. Um, I don't like my and, own feet. Yeah. And uh, butt yeah, stuff. Yeah, we did a lot of like uh, oh, butt stuff? Uh, uh, pilonidal cyst which fill with poop at the top of your crack. Those are gross. Um, and thrombosed hemorrhoids. So anytime this episode now just butt, became yeah. This now episode now just became audiences only. Part two, grossness. Yeah, <laughs> those are the only two things I can't stand. Though everything yeah. else is fine with me. Yeah, I'm this. I'm the same way. I can handle. A, I mean, obviously, like I said, I I've witnessed you know my wife getting her C-section, and uh, amongst other things. But the I'd say the only thing that ever grosses me out is watching another human consume something that's coming oh, out of another. Yeah. Are we talking <laughs> about a certain video I know about? That it grosses Ooh. me out. It, no, no, no. I'm talking about anything. I'm talking about anything. Gross. Anything yeah. at all. That Even somebody is the, eating, their, eating their own boogers, yeah, anything this, like that. That could anything. be a whole nother show. That's a fetish show right there with bodily uh. fluids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and y'all can keep it that's hey, a whole why not that'll I won't make be you there puke. for that episode i will not write that one make a make a, make a radio <laughs> drama about it i can't handle just just see how gross you can make a radio like oh, just no. purely audio your audio how do you how do you make an audio of pure just something out of pure audio drama I make people totally to gag that would be totally quite an experiment i would love Challenge. to see if that Oh. That would be that would be an experiment, an audio only audio only show. Challenge that would physically one of them. Truly, yeah, it's like you. It's almost like it's. It would almost be a, the entire experiment would to mm-hmm. be to show exactly. You the power That's of why I think it'd be. Awesome. No, you know, like, you know what it is. <laughs> what? 
I was going to say, uh, like this goes back to the, you know, fear and, or the depression, anxiety thing. Uh, it's easiest to control people when they're under fear. So that could be our experiment on the show is to right. do a show just to scare people and gross them out, whatever. And then a bunch more people will have depression and anxiety because of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, no. Just I, kidding, actually, people. No, you, no, you, yeah. no, you make it a actually, good. Like that's actually like that's actually an amazing point because my brother and I we want to do a we wrote one do this year, but it would have been way too much work. But next year, I do want to do the War of the Worlds thing that you mm -hmm. talked about, Jonah. And but because the War of the Worlds yeah. actually was a thing where it's the original War. The 1938 right. radio radio yeah. show. Yeah. You, have you heard Pause. of it? You've heard of it? Yeah, I, I have a very strong oh, sneaking suspicion that. that was on purpose. Oh, Orson Welles admitted it was on purpose. He admitted it was on purpose. But I'm saying, like, just to have something where it's like, yeah. okay, we're gonna have a show where it's every makes everything like, let's take Janet's the nastiest shit that Janet's ever witnessed in her nursing or autopsy career sound effects all kinds of stuff and it's purely a um in your imagination and it's like almost enough to make you want to freaking vomit and be like this is what the media does to you every, every day, day. Exactly. every day they do this to you this is what awesome. they do to you it's nonsense we just did this on a radio drama and these and you're not even watching it Mm -hmm. You are listening to it, and these assholes do this on CNN, MSNBC, and like Fox every day, and they're just pumping that into you. Now, and you want to feel like you want to vomit, and you're anxious all the time. Shut the goddamn fucking black screen off. Black mirror, get rid of it. Hundred percent. Go listen to Deplorable Janet. Go listen to Truth That's Theater right. Radio. Make you laugh for like everything's gonna be good. Except for the episode where we make where we make you grossed out, that's gonna make me grossed out. <laughs> no, that's, that's gonna, gonna be good too. That's gonna be really good. That would be a. a cool, I've already got like things floating around in my I'm head. Sure I'm, like, oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. All right. Well, on on that note, I think it's probably a good time to wrap things up <laughs> on a uh, you know gross note. So, but uh. No, we really, we really appreciate having you on, and we really appreciate all, all the work. And everybody who doesn't know, Janet put in tons of time into making this happen. Uh, if it wasn't for her and all the efforts that she put into it, it wouldn't right. have even been even remotely what Aww. it could have been or what it has been. Absolutely. And so I really thankful. I'm really thankful for all the work you put into it. It was. It, it was, was fun. It was fantastic. It was it a lot put together, and I hope we. Yeah. I hope we can do it again. Like anybody, anybody else out there who's and like, that's, oh, that's also it. something I want to put you know, out there. It's like if Janet did almost like Janet did all the pretty much all the writing. Like this was and the legwork. This was and all the all the actors. Janet all did this. And, and can I just ask you how difficult was it for you to do this? Well, it was funny because, um, you know, we had the phone conversation and I was like going through ideas and stuff. And I'm like, OK, well, I'll work on this tomorrow. But literally like an hour after we got off the phone, I'm like, writing all this stuff down. And then I'm like, OK, part two. Here's another bunch of stuff. I'm like, I had so much stuff in my head. I'm like, just like 
okay, well, here's a bunch of stuff that happened. The only yeah. reason why I'm asking that is because I want for our listeners and any of your listeners or anybody else who comes across this to realize that like it didn't take a it didn't it wasn't as hard as you think. It was mostly we were we as a truther community, we are making our own content. We have to make our own because we can't watch the rest of the nonsense we've and I said this on the last podcast with Joe and Jen and Ben. It's like we can't watch our own stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to entertain ourselves and we can we can we can listen to our own stuff and have a blast. We can 100%. have a blast making our own stuff. Like I want to see what deplorable Janet's idea of like the nursing community. It's like this this thing. It could be something heavy, it could be something funny, it could be whatever, or it could be dramatic or even horror for that matter, or grossed out. And so I think it's so cool to have people to like know yeah. that what and you with, did and- was it was it had a little bit of work, but it wasn't like something where, you know, it took up it's an right. yeah. It's not impossible it awesome. by any means. It it's and that's I was just that's the that's the one thing I try to explain to people when it comes to this audio drama medium. There's no limit to anything that you can do except for what's in your imagination. That's the only limit you have. So there's there's no you know there's no budget. I mean there I mean there is. We sometimes we have to I have to pay for music or sometimes I have to spend a lot of time finding stuff. I mean there is work involved, but it's not like the guy who does lighting on a mo- on a on a TV show. It's it's night and day when it comes to how much you have to actually put into it, but there's the, but the, the possibilities are limitless in what you can do. And so if anybody, anybody who, including yourself, Janet, if you have something that's totally not related to the, what you, what we did here and you got something else you want to do, you know, feel free to write that. Anybody else who wants to write something, you know, go feel free. We're, we've got, we got all the time in the world to be making more stuff and we want more stuff to yeah, be, and keep this going because we're we're pretty young on it but and i, I hope we'll, that we'll um the people good. that are listening i hope you take this seriously and take them up on this because it was such uh an amazing opportunity to be able to do this in the first place and then to work with the two of you because um it was fun. It's very enlightening and they do a fantastic job putting everything together. So I seriously hope, and I know y'all are creative, so make sure you hit them up and do something about it because it's fun. Yeah, because we want everybody. Exactly. Yeah, we should be the most creative want, people we in want, the world. Yeah, we want the <laughs> truly spiritual, uh, like high vibration people to show right the world what they are what we are we, we are not we're not just like let's show them that we're not a bunch of freaking tinfoil hat crazy people like hey, let's hey. show them that we are they're not I, we're they're not hollywood copycats either they don't have to remake everything yep so yep. make your let's own make, magic make your own magic let's make our own magic y'all let's do it let's make yeah all right. Well, thank you very much, Janet. We appreciate you being on. We really do. And again, we couldn't be more more proud and honored of what you helped uh, put together. Yeah, and I don't, we I don't know where you edit this out, but let's soon, see what so. where Janet ends up after her 
um, escapades in the escapades. medical world. <laughs> Let's yeah. see what happens. Let's. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Art. Yep. We'll All see right. how we'll see how the the show ends. So. Thanks. Thank you very much, everybody, and thank you, you, you uh, right. thank you, thank Janet, you. again. You have a good one. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right. Bye. Sweet girl, how was your day? We did the coolest stuff in science class. We made a project with animals, tigers and snakes, and there was tall grass and water. Really? How exciting! Mommy, will you help me with my math? Give Mommy a few minutes, sweetie. Hi, honey. Are you okay? You look exhausted. I'm sorry I'm late again. I'm sorry you feel the need to apologize for that. It was a crazy day, and I need to talk to you Mama, about it. Mom! Mommerson! Mama! Mom! Yes, honey. I'll help you with your math. Just let Mommy make dinner first. Tell me what's been going on at work. I just don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm amazed you've had the perseverance to last this long. I love nursing and teaching the students. I know you do. But Lord, I hate the politics of it. And it's like all they care about is money. They put in that damn electronic medical record system, which just made things worse. The patients are being herded through like cattle. Can't spend enough time with anyone. The doctors are so dumb these days. It's like no one even ever went to school. I can vouch for that with my doctor. All they seem to do is push pills and unnecessary treatments. And everyone has to come every three months. Why? Money, money, money. The doctor's friends are coming in through the back door after hours constantly. And then they get all of the medication samples that we're supposed to give to the patients. Sounds like they would be better suited selling drugs on a street corner. That's why I can't ever come home on time. I mean, seriously, who does that? My patients can't afford their meds, but we hand them out like candy to their rich friends. Oh, it's so frustrating. I think the word you're looking for is infuriating. And they're forcing me to get that damn vaccination again. It's all making me so upset, I feel like my heart is just going to explode. I've been having a lot of palpitations again lately. Babe, I love you so much. I know this is hard on you. You work your fucking ass off for zero respect. You should stick it to the man. Your health and happiness is priority, though. Maybe you just need to think about trying something new. We support you no matter what. I love you, honey. Hi, and welcome back. 
Today on Deplorable Nation podcast, we're going to be talking about a subject that I'm very familiar with that's very near and dear to my heart, the medical industry. Deplorable Nursing was written and produced by Janet Fox. Special thanks to the cast for today's broadcast. Janet Fox, playing herself. Phone operator and patient seven, Shannon Johnson. Insurance agent, Amit Ahuja. Patient three and female patient A, Ellie Rocco. Dr. A and Dr. G, Catalyst Jones. Dr. B, Brandon Thomas. Patient five and Dr. C, Audi. Patient nine, Don Grandy. Mother, Lene Balcom, Dr. D, Joe Hodgton, Dr. E, Ben Hodgton, Nurse, Taylor Elena, Dr. F, Mike Rocco, Dr. H, Kirsten Fox, Lipitor Sales Representative, B. Lynn Quintard, Receptionist, Tara Vogel, Phone Patient, Julia Hobson, Kirsten, played by Teresa Kassar, and Hubby, played by my actual hubby, Greg Fox. Music promoted by freestockmusic.com. Emotional piano improvisation by Alexander Nakarada of serpentsoundstudios.com. Attribution 4.0 international license. Blood sample by Glitch of soundcloud.com slash glitch. Creative Commons attribution 3.0 unported license. Edited by Jonah Earl. Production by Joshua James Earl and Jonah Earl of True Theater Radio. This has been a True Theater Radio production. Copyright 2022. Theater Radio.